documentary that you've been a part of looking at your life and the uh, crazy life that you've led. It's called Loud Crazy Love, and I think it's uh, fairly apt <laughs> for a number of reasons. But uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk to us about that today. Yeah, man. We're really excited about it. It's, uh, it's been a long process to get through all my, my issues and, and get my family back in order. So it's, uh, things are good now, though. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and we'll talk a bit more about uh, where things are at uh, now, it's certainly, yeah, things are heading in the right direction, but it hasn't always been that way. And I mean, obviously for you, uh, as uh, one of the founding members of the uh, metal band Korn, uh, which has been going obviously for, for decades now, back in those early days, I mean, you guys were really just tearing it up. You know, you were seeing so much uh, success and, uh, you know, it seemed like nothing uh, could go wrong for you guys. It was, I guess, literally the whole you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. So it was a pretty crazy start for you, I guess, as a, as a very young man uh, entering into that sort of world. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's not what we signed up for because I used to play uh, music with my friends in a garage, you know, and, and you know, like half of the band of Corn were in that garage with me, and we were just kids, and we, lo- and we loved the music. And, you know, once we moved to L.A. and everything, and then I had this dream becoming rock stars and we just pursued that and a little bit later you know not much later a couple of years we got uh, record deals and everything and got signed and once we hit the road it became like it was it's it's kind of like you you get on this roller coaster and you can't get off you know mm. because it's just it's just try it's everywhere around you you know the uh the party lifestyle and you and you know, well, you could get away with anything. Yeah. You know, we did drugs um, with, with the cops next to us, you know, just like, hey, uh, look the other way. And they, they would, you know, they're friends of ours, so they'd just look the other way and yeah. just do whatever we did. We we had a license to do anything, which is very uh, destructive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, I guess, the thing is that it sort of sets you on a path for your lives. I mean, you guys, you know, we're all very young, and I guess in some respects, Looking back, probably you know, in many ways, certainly emotionally, really unprepared for that sort of you know, world that you uh, suddenly found yourselves in the middle of. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because we were just kids. We we're mm. kids, and, and everyone's like, "Here, you know, this is this is what you get, you know, yeah. for for you know, whatever free and liquor endorsements. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. doctors writing us prescriptions for Xanax or Vicodin whenever we wanted, and uh, you know what I mean. It was just, yeah. 
what do you want on your uh, after show uh, writer, they call it, you know, we're like Dorito chips and Coors Light and Bud Light and, uh, and whiskey, you know, what? like you don't care about your health or anything. You're yeah. a kid. And then into the mix of all that came a kid. I mean, you had a little baby girl and suddenly, you know, I guess your heart was uh, smitten by this little one, but you sort of realized that really this wasn't the sort of world that you wanted uh, her to be in. What was that like for you, that whole, I guess, that period of time where you uh, became a father and suddenly was, I guess, having doubts about to your future? Um, you know, it's it's like, it's cool. God, God will send you know, children into our lives to raise us, right? Mm. Like we think we're raising them and we are raising them, but they actually raise us too in a lot of ways. They help us grow up. They help us become selfless. They help us, you know, give our lives for another. And so that's what she did. She came in and, and got my mind focused off of myself and onto her. And But there became the tug of war because, you know, when she was here, I got sober and I wanted to be a good dad and everything. And I tried that, but then, once, you know, life comes and you just, you know, you live life every day, you become used to having a child and everything. And then, and then I fell back into my old ways. And, uh, and then there was that tug of war. It was mm. party Brian wanting to live and dad, daddy Brian that wanted to live too. And, and both of them had desires to be the other one. And so it was like, there were two of me fighting, you know, it's yeah. like, who's going to win? Who's, and then. The drug Brian got so strong that it just took the other Brian out with mm. it, you know. And so I went on a binge with methamphetamines and Vicodin and Xanax and alcohol and everything for two years. And I just was running from that Brian that was getting ready to come, you know, to be born in Christ and everything. And uh, so I ran hard and ran far away until I got to the lowest point. You know, it's kind of like the prodigal son story. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, I went. I found myself with the pigs, you know, so to speak, <laughs> until I was ready to come home. Your conversion experience, obviously, very dramatic. And in the midst of all that, I mean, obviously, you'd left the band in 2005, uh, which uh, was a you know, massive news uh, for everybody that was into that whole scene. What was your uh, conversion experience uh, actually like? It was like... Okay, you hear about Jesus, you know, throughout your life. Everybody hears about Jesus, and everybody, you know, once in a while hears, you know, God bless you or whatever. And and you and, and some people on TV or something, they'll say something about Jesus or God. But then, but when I went to church and and I started just like wondering if it was real, and that's when the, the spiritual world opened up to me and. It was. It was. It wasn't just a person talking about Jesus. It was Christ actually reaching for me, calling me to to come to Him because I had asked Him into my heart, into my life when I was twelve, but I never told anybody. I just heard about Him, wow. and I was like, "Well, if He's a sa- if He's a Savior of the world, then I want Him." You know, before I went to high school and before I got all crazy, but um, so I thought back to that, and I started feeling. I would talk to Him, and then it start to feel his peace that surpasses all understanding, start to feel his, his love and forgiveness. And his just, I was, I like to tell people I was, I was cursed with like positive thoughts, but you know, <laughs> coming off of drugs that, you know, I was surrounded with just negative thoughts, suicidal thoughts. And then when I started like seeking Jesus, I started getting like all these positive thoughts and emotions. And so I was just, I became instantly addicted to finding out the truth of how real, 
Jesus mm. and God is, you know. That's amazing. What an incredible journey. Obviously, in amongst all that, you know, you were able to, with God's help, rid yourself of the drugs and, you know, I guess that whole lifestyle just uh, must have been like going from a darkness to light in so many different ways during that uh, you know, initial period of a few years. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It was really crazy because, I mean, go back to the my my conversion, though, like there was there were so many signs, you know. I was on a plane one time and I was on on drugs and I, I kind of slipped into this vision type of thing where I saw myself on a different plane and the plane blew up and flames came slowly to me and I ended up just dying and into this realm of peace. Wow. And I woke up and I thought it was real because I was on a plane and so, yeah, it was really, really dramatic and, uh, but, you know, I was all in. Once I found out it was real, I was like, okay, I, I need to stop. Yeah. I need to put the brakes on, stop everything I'm doing and get to know like what life is really about. Mm. So that's when I quit the band. So it was really, I guess, like that, wasn't it? You just had to move away from everything and just allow God to clean your life out and deal with your heart. And obviously, you know, there would have been um, a process for your daughter as well, for Janaya, because she, you know, had grown up in this crazy lifestyle. And from the documentary, it seems like she, particularly the teenage years, were pretty tumultuous for her uh, dealing with, I guess, the, the backwash of some of that stuff. Yeah, and I was like, Okay, um, for her sake, I left the band mostly, you know, and God to to get to know God and just to put the brakes on. But so I'm I'm doing everything that I think I should be doing. I'm, you know, for, of course I have problems, you know, coming off of drugs, you're gonna have emotional problems and mm. all these and so. But I kept chasing after God and Jesus and the and so when she hit the teenage years, I started I started just noticing all these things popping up and. And I was like, man, I, I thought I did everything you asked of me, God. You know, what is going on here? I, and, you know, I lost my money. I lost my cars and houses. I lost my reputation, everything. But when I started losing my daughter, I was like, that's too much. Mm. And, um, I mean, it was a test of faith in the regards of not if God is real, but in the regards of do I want to walk? Do I want to? follow this Christian path because it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, but then I got this breakthrough once all the testing and the trials and everything, and there's still trials, but it's like, I hit this, this realm of like, uh, you know, blessing and favor. And like, it's like, it seems like, like David, you know, he was getting chased down by Saul and just running and in the caves and just crying out to God, why, you know, my enemies around me and all this and then all of a sudden, boom, he was, he was anointed king and he was placed in this, you know, this other season. And so that's what happened to me. I just crossed this uh, threshold of like into goodness and mercy and blessings are chasing me down, mm, you know, and that's, that's awesome. That's what I've been living in right now. And trust me, I've paid a lot of dues to go through <laughs> a lot of trials, you know, yeah. I know a lot of other people have probably gone through worse, but my, mine were pretty heavy too. Tell us about your return to Corn. I mean, leaving the band, I can understand. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had this conversion experience. You, as you said, you wanted to make changes for the benefit of your daughter. So you leave the band. But then seven years later, surprisingly, you make the decision to reunite uh, with the band. And you're still, to this day, touring um, and uh, very much a, a big part of the band. What was the process for you making that decision to go back. I mean, obviously, you know, as you've explained, the, the lifestyle is, uh, you know, very worldly and, and ungodly in many ways. 
but you chose I, – I see it almost as like a missionary venture. You've got decided to, you know, venture in there where um, you've got an opportunity to be a, a light and, and salt in that area. But what was it like actually making that decision to uh, to step out and do that? Well, yeah, I'd been gone, you know, um, it was about seven years. And then when I, when I started touring with him again, it was eight. But, you know, I – I, I wanted to stay as far away as I could because, you know, that lifestyle. And But, you know, I got led back to them. I was at a festival that they were playing once, and I'm, I just went and said hi to them, you know, and they asked me to play a song. I hung out with everybody and all the bands, and I found out everybody's more mature now. Everybody grew up. There's no hard drugs going around in, in our team at all. There's no women getting treated like objects. There's none of that anymore. Mm. People are having like remarried, have new new babies, and <laughs> they're just thankful for their career. It's crazy. It's like God prepared me when I was away from them to go back one day, and he, it's like He was with them, preparing them for me to come back. You know, mm. it was it was really crazy. And so we all grew up, and you know, a lot of these people that dream, you know, backstage at rock concerts and everything, they'll be pretty bored at our concert because <laughs> all we do is focus. Our, our our focus is on the stage and on the crowd and putting on a, an energetic, fun show. But after that, it's like we like to chill. We like to, you know, hang out with each other. Of course, we we do have fun and everything. But it's it's nothing like it used to be. And if it was, I wouldn't be back mm, at all. That's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. And it's because it's not who I am anymore. Yeah, sure. And so that was sure. that was the decision for me. And I did have counsel with friends and and leaders that I trust and everything mm. and so it was it all lined up and since being back i'm telling you it's like it's so like god is all over it it's, that's it's, great his handprints are all over it. it's, it's so good to hear and i mean just seeing in the documentary like there's a clip of you backstage after a concert you know praying with a group of people i mean i'm not sure if you sort of you know, shared the gospel with them or what the prelude was to that but just the the opportunities that you would have in that setting that you know nobody else uh, would ever have the opportunity to uh, go in and uh, share God's love with people in that way. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, you know, it, I mean, if you think about it, it's a perfect place to be because all those, all those people, so many of them are just like I used to be. Mm. So it's like, why not be there? You yeah. know, it just, it sounds so much like something Jesus would do. So it's <laughs> like, you know, people get hung up on the, on the, on the music and everything. And, and uh, I used to too, so I try not to be a critical of them. But um, but if you just sit and think about it, it's like there's a bunch of people that were just like me, so it makes sense, you know. Mm. You mentioned about yeah people that you respected, like leaders, and that that you know talked with you through that as you made that decision. How important was that to you to have, I guess, the support of people that I guess got what you were uh, doing and, and the reason why? Yeah, I was. Uh, it was it was really important to me at that time because. My whole story was I left everything and walked away. I left fame and riches and and walked away to follow Christ. So now he's leading me back. I'm like, wait, <laughs> there goes, if I'm wrong, there goes my whole story, my whole testimony, yeah. you know, like if I'm wrong, this is, so I was like, I need, I need you to show me and I need these three people to come into agreement. I need, I, I would like, I put that down. I was like, I need this. You need to show me because. I don't, I don't want to make a mistake here, and uh, and I was like, Lord, you have every every right to break anything in my life, 
to, to stop me from going back there. And so, yeah, that was, that was very important with the leaders and they all came. One of them wasn't, wasn't like, didn't give the answer that I, that I, that I wanted to go back. And I was like, I prayed, I said, Lord, that then I can't do it. And then on my birthday, I saw him again and he told me, Hey, I got, I got to tell you, I feel like I was wrong the other day. You know, no, well. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It was that real, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I, and I needed that back then. You know, I needed that that confirmation, too. That's really good to hear. Tell me just before we go, we're, we're out of time, but uh, Janaya, what's she up to at the moment? Uh, how old is she now? Almost 21 in July, and she is around the corner, actually. She's really tired. We had a long day. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like almost midnight in, in America, but... Um, we have a concert tomorrow, Corn, and she's with me. We're going to go watch some other bands. It's a big festival, and uh, and so she's doing great. She's she's in online college for creative writing, and so yeah, she's doing amazing. And all the drama from the movie that's in there, and it's like it's in the past now. And we've mm. been through it. We've been healed from it. We're not perfect, but we have a great family now. It's called Loud Crazy Love. It's a documentary that's out. Uh, right now and uh, Brian Welch it's been a great pleasure to uh, chat with you and have you share a bit of your story with us today yeah thank you for having me it was great to talk to you thanks for joining us on History Makers if you'd like to listen to this interview again just go to historymakers.tv there you'll find links to Facebook Twitter and Instagram you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips History Makers is a faith based ministry and we appreciate all of your support The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.